Good morning. Welcome to Gateway. Uh, didn't Gary do a good job in Beth's absence? You know, Gary, what I tell you before, we're not looking for perfection, we're looking for passion. And I know that your heart's passion. He did a great job. That worship was great. Uh, today we get to start a brand new series, a three-week series uh, around the uh, Christian calendar. You know, we're coming into that season of, uh, of uh, Pentecost. Next week is Pentecost Sunday, but we're going to do a, a message today, next week, and then one week after Pentecost on the being divided, the struggle from the, from the struggle to surrender. I'll get that out there. Um, so I'm excited about this series. Come out every week for that. My name's Tony. If you're a guest with us today, I see some new faces. I'm Tony. I'm the senior pastor here, lead pastor. If you're online with us, welcome today and uh, being a part of this. So I want to start out by just saying something probably obvious, right? No one's listening to anything today. No one's listening. I mean, seriously, everybody is talking. What did he say? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody is listening today. No one's listening. Instead, it seems like everybody is just waiting for their turn to talk. You ever see the TV shows or maybe a talk radio show where they bring in the expert panel? You all ever see that? I remember one occasion right before the, the I mean, it was heated in the politics world, and it was heated, and I was watching one of these shows, and they had this expert panel. And, and what they do is the guest would, or the, the person sitting there that's their show, they would drop something in the middle, and, they, and they'd give everybody a turn, Right. And you get the right and the left and the middle and the ups and the downs and whatever way. They bring these people in and they give you their opinion on this. And, and they will talk and tell you what they believe and their ideology and all that. And I remember one thing, I was sitting there watching it. And I mean, it was a hot topic. And it wasn't long before every single one of those panels were yelling at each other. And they were talking over each other. And it just dawned on me, nobody's listening. They're just waiting for their turn to talk. They just want to be heard. It's like listening to two conversations at once. Have you ever done that? How many of you can do that? Nope. Jared, put your hand down. You're fibbing if you tell your wife you can watch what's on TV and listen to her talk to you, all right? Don't, you can't do that. No, seriously, in my house, we have an open concept, and the kitchen is here, and right out in front of the kitchen is the sitting room with the TV. And I remember one occasion, on many occasions, I'm sitting there, and I'm trying to hear something on the TV, and my wife or, and my three daughters, are, and all three of them, are in the kitchen clanging and banging, and they're talking, and they got conversation going on. And I just kind of start turning up the TV. Because it's frustrating. I'm trying to listen to both conversations at once. I want to know what's going on. My wife's like, you know there's a pause button on that. She tells me that all the time. But I turn it up. And then my wife's like, turn that down. I'm like, no, you stop talking, right? What does it mean? To listen. Did you know there are over 50 
definitions, active definitions for the word listen, the verb to listen. Seriously, over 50. One of my favorite is that I've read and I saw is from a philosopher named John Luke Nancy. And they, def- they, de- they define listening as like this. I think it's up there. Wow, hey, look at that. Oh my goodness, my goodness. I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> listening, you should be able to put that up there for them to see. Maybe not. All right, listening, listen, you have to write this down. Listening is an action that discovers a secret. Ooh, that is deep. Listening is an action that discovers a secret. There is something about you. There's something hidden that you want to be seen. There's something you want someone to know about you. And when you have conversation, if I don't engage the other in my life, if I don't make room and space in my life to actually listen to what you're saying with the possibility that you might actually change my mind. Listening is an action that discovers a secret. If I will just stop and listen, I might learn something. I might change. My mind might change. Unfortunately, on those talk shows, I have never, ever, ever seen anyone convince the other panelists to come to their side. Because they're not listening. They're just waiting for their turn to talk. So if listening is difficult, and and I think we can all understand this, it's difficult to do. To truly sit. I mean, a matter of fact, there are people in the counseling field, they take classes, semesters on this, how to listen. There are books. I read one this week, and that's where I got the definition from John Luke Nancy. There are books on how to listen. Because it's difficult. It's hard. If it's hard for me to listen to you, and you're physically right there in front of me, let me ask this. How much more difficult do you think it is to listen to God? Who's not physically here. A God who speaks to us through circumstances. A God who speaks to us through other people. Through crisis. Through terrible things that happen in our life, through great things that happen in our life, God speaks to us in ways that we don't normally communicate. He is speaking to us, but we're not listening. How difficult. Listening is difficult. How do you know when God is speaking to you? Maybe you don't believe God speaks to us directly. Maybe you're here today and you're in that camp, and that's okay. You came for the music, right? Or you came for the coffee. I I don't know. You don't know, or you're not sure that God actually speaks because you've never really heard him. You're not sure that God, you know, God's way up there. He's got more important things to do. There's other things in this world that he needs to go take care of. He doesn't have time to come and talk to me. Maybe you're in that boat today. Maybe you heard God speak 
years ago. Maybe God spoke to you as a child. Maybe God spoke to you as a teenager. Maybe God spoke to you in a church service years and years ago. And you knew God spoke to you, but he hasn't spoken since. You can't point to another time in your life that God has spoken to you except that one time years ago. Or maybe you're like the expert panels members. You're simply just waiting for your turn to talk with God. Maybe you're not listening to God. This probably describes most of our prayer life. We talk to God, but do we listen? Do we make room? Do we clear out? Do we sit in solitude, in silence? Do we really sit and listen for what God wants to say. Probably most of us, our prayer life is more about, okay, God, here's my list. And we talk and talk in our prayers. And maybe, <laughs> maybe you're one of these. I could probably be one of these. We just think we know what God's going to say, so we finish the sentences for him. I've been in the church so long. I have degrees, you know, I have bachelor's degrees in studying the scriptures and how God talks to us. And I have, a, you know, a master's in divinity and I have all these degrees. I know what God says. Maybe you've been in the church your whole life. You're like, I've read this book front and back so many times. I know what God says. I know what God says about that. I know what God says about that. Do you? Sometimes... We think because God spoke in the past that he's going to speak the same thing in the present. And the scripture is full of God speaking to us in the context and the culture and the time that we live. God has something to say about today if we'll listen, if we'll not assume that we know what he is saying. Look at. Psalm 50, verse 1. I don't know if we can put it up there. You ought to be able to put it up there. Is it up there? He figured it out. I knew he would. The Mighty One, God, Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to where it says. Did you see that? The psalmist says, the Mighty One, the Lord, God, he speaks. How does he speak? He speaks into our physical realm, our world, our existence. God is speaking. God is actively involved in talking to us. The question today isn't whether God speaks. The question really is, why am I not different? Why is my marriage not changing? Why is my life not changing? Why am I still suffering? Why, why is this happening in the world? Why are people doing this? Why is all this going on? If God is speaking into the world, then why does it seem like the world is spiraling out of control? Maybe it's that God's not talking to us. It's that we're not listening. So I'm curious today if Jesus ever fr got frustrated with his disciples' inability to listen. <laughs> I want to talk about Peter today. Peter 
was not a good listener. Peter rushed in. Peter assumed. Peter talked before he thought. Peter was this guy that just wouldn't listen to what Jesus was really trying to say. Peter is a great example today of a disciple who didn't listen. I mean, God was speaking all over his world. John the Baptist came in speaking the word of God. John the Baptist was baptizing and preaching, and Peter saw and was a part of all that. He knew God was doing something. God was saying something in the world. Peter was, was a part of all that. Peter experienced Jesus. God was speaking to us through him. Probably one of the best known evidences that God listens to us is the incarnation. The fact that God would come in the flesh to us means he sees and hears our plight and he's come to save. Peter experienced the miracles and all that Jesus was doing in that time. The disciples, though, in Mark, we learn, are slow to learn. They're not understanding. They're not listening. They're not able to put two and two together. And they've developed their own thoughts and ideas. And so Jesus figures that this is it. It's now or never. So he takes his disciples to Caesarea Philippi. He's coming down to the end of his ministry and he wants to know, are you guys listening? Are you getting this? It's important that you get this. And so in Mark chapter 8, ooh, one more. Mark chapter 8, verse 27. Jesus and his disciples went into the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked them, Who do people say I am? What have the people heard? <laughs> Is another way to say that. How are the people listening to what they've seen and what they've heard and what they've experienced? How about those people that I raised up from their brokenness? How about those blind people that can now see? How about those demon-possessed people who are now delivered? What are they saying? What are they hearing? What are, how are they listening to what's going on? Next verse. They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others one of the prophets. Oh, so they're not listening. They're not listening. They're missing it. Next verse. But what about you? What do you say? Who do you say I am? How are you hearing me? How are you understanding me? How are you connecting? Are you listening to what I'm trying to say to you? I've walked with you for three years. I've talked to you. I've taught you. I've showed you things that you would never imagine with your own eyes that you would ever see. How are you taking this in? What is God saying to you? Are you listening? And Peter, before he really thought, which this is good, though. I mean, this is great that Peter does this, but we'll find out here in a minute that this, yeah. Peter answered, you are the Messiah. That's huge for Peter. That was a huge testimony. That was big for them. It was important for them. This is good, but now Jesus says, good, Peter. You guys come in a little bit closer. 
You're starting to hear what I'm saying, but you need to listen deeply. You need to hear this. And Jesus begins to reveal to them the secrets of God. What is listening? An action that reveals the secrets. Jesus begins to reveal to them the secrets that have been hidden since the foundation of the world. The plan of God. The salvation of man. How God was going to do it. He began to say, listen, I am the Messiah, but I'm going to Jerusalem and there they're going to arrest me. They're going to try me. And they're going to crucify me. I'll be buried for three days. But I'm going to rise from the dead on the third day. They didn't hear that. They only heard, they're going to what? You're the Messiah. You've got to get an army. You've got to get your, you know, you've got to come into Jerusalem, throw out the Romans, and set up God's kingdom. They were not listening because they assumed they knew what God's will was. Peter didn't get it. (laughs) Immediately, Peter rebukes Jesus. Look at the next verse. Peter rebuked Jesus and said, no, you cannot do this, right? But Jesus spoke plainly about this. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. He's not listening. Next verse. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan. Now, Jesus wasn't calling Peter Lucifer, the fallen angel. That's not, it, it's a Greek word that simply to translate is adversary, right? He's against me. You're, you're not for me, Peter. You're against me, which is odd. Because he just said, you're the Christ, the, the Messiah. I'll follow you anywhere, right? You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Hmm. Peter couldn't listen to what God was saying to him because Peter's heart was divided. He had a divided heart. Peter was missing God's will because his will got in the way. Peter was missing what God was trying to do because what Peter wanted was more important than what Jesus wanted. That is the definition of a divided heart. You cannot want what God wants and let your will trump God's will. It doesn't work. You can't serve two masters. (laughs) Peter struggled because what God wanted wasn't what he wanted. Peter, though, has a change of heart. Watch this. Let's fast forward for a second. Jesus is there. He tells them. He rebukes Peter. They end up going to Jerusalem and exactly how Jesus said it. He was he was arrested. He was tried he was crucified and he rose from the dead 
And now we're on this side of the resurrection. Peter now has been restored. Peter was the guy who said, you know, I'll never leave you. But Peter couldn't even stand up to a teenage girl around a fire who said, hey, aren't you with Jesus? No, no, I'm not with Jesus. Three times. He, he denied him three times and he ran out. That's that Peter. He couldn't even stand up to a teenage girl or fire. But now, on this side of the resurrection, Peter's heart is changed. Look at Acts chapter 1. This is our text really for today. In those days. In what days? In those days right after the resurrection. We're about 40 days after the resurrection. It's almost Pentecost. Jesus has told his disciples, now listen, I need you to go to Jerusalem and wait. And the Spirit will be given to you. The gift of God, the Spirit, will be poured down upon you. In those days, Peter stood up. Did you catch that? The same Peter who couldn't stand up to a teenage girl around a fire now stands up in the middle of a situation that's a little dicey. They're hiding for their lives. Their leader has just been crucified as a revolutionary, and they might be next. But Peter stands up in the middle of the 120 disciples. There's 120 of them. Look at this next verse. And he said, Brothers and sisters, the scripture had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke. Now Peter is listening. This thing that's happening here, he says, long ago, though David concerning Judas, this is about Judas. This is the part where they all get together and they realize, okay, we got to have 12 disciples. I know it's I'm not going to get into it, but it's tied to the 12 tribes of Israel, right? we got to have 12 disciples. We all know what happened to Judas. Yeah, Judas, I don't get that. And they were confused about that. And sometimes when we're confused about something and don't understand it, we seek God's voice, right, to make sense out of it. So Peter stands up, and he remembers what God had said through his scripture, and he quotes a couple of psalms, and he says, we've got to do this because God said we do. The Spirit spoke this long ago through David that we have to replace Judas. We have to pick another leader. And they go through this thing and they cast lots. And I think that's how we should probably pick our church board, cast lots. I know, this is just so, I I mean, when I read this, I thought, okay, this is the text for the day. The lectionary is really helpful to us here today. And then Brett and I, Pastor Brett and I were sitting around our, our table and we're like, did you notice that? Peter's listening now. It's like this listening that's going. It's like he's here's the spirit and he's doing this mundane church election kind of thing. And you think that's no big deal, but it is. Because Peter now is even willing to take that step into the small things. Because he trusts that because God spoke it, I need to do it. Peter was not a divided heart. At this point, Peter's no longer fighting and struggling between what God wants and what he wants. When's the last time you heard God speak to you?
about that for a moment. What did he say? How'd you take it? What'd you do? When is the last time God spoke into your marriage? You're struggling in your marriage? God's got something to say about that. You're struggling raising your kids? God's got something to say about that. Are you struggling with your finances? God's got something to say about that. Are you struggling with depression? Feelings of helplessness? Feelings of despair? God can speak into that and give us hope where there is no hope. When was the last time God spoke into that sin in your life that you're struggling with? And you know it's there. And God has something to say about that. When is the last time God called you to something bigger than yourself? Called you out that required sacrifice? Called you out and required a little pain? When he called you to be generous or called you to give of your time, When's the last time God called you out to do something for someone else, to be a part of something that's bigger than yourself? God speaks to us about those things. When was the last time? I feel like God is that guy on the commercial. Can you, can you hear me now? You know the commercial? Where I, I think he used to be Verizon, then he switched sides, right? I, I guess Verizon didn't pay him enough money. So he went to Sprint, I think. I, I don't know what it was. But the commercial is very clear. He's, it shows him he pans, he's out in the middle of the world and says, can you hear me now? And then another shot and he's downtown, can you hear me now? And he's out up, up on a mountain, can you hear me now? Because the cell company knows how important it is that you hear, that you can listen. I feel like God is speaking but we're not listening. Or maybe this morning, God's just stopped speaking to you. Is that true? Probably not. It could just be that your heart is so divided that you can't hear him over the noise. What you want is getting in the way of what God wants. The other voices in life are louder than God's. <laughs> Most of the time in my life, God speaks through still, small voices. Very rarely is it loud. It's through a circumstance. It's sitting in my office watching a bird eat a sunflower seed, and God speaks something to me. It's seeing something happen in your life or my life or it's reading the scripture. It's coming into a service like this. God whispers to me. It's very rarely is it loud. And when I don't hear it, it's because my life is too noisy. I'm not listening. My heart is divided. What I want has become more important than what God is wanting to say to me at that moment. We tend to listen to the voices that agree with us. That is why we don't hear God's voice. 
God is not here to agree with me. God is here to change me. To make me holy. To transform my life. To help me overcome the things in my life that I can't. To help me be a better father, a husband. To help me be a better pastor. To help me be a better friend. To help me be in better relationships. I need the Lord to change me. Not to just tell me what I want to hear. And if you're not hearing God, maybe your heart is just divided. The Holy Spirit isn't here to tell you what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. The bottom line this morning is this. What I want will always drown out what God wants. Unless I take action. Unless I make room, unless I give God space, unless I stop and repent. You say, repent? Yeah. Repentance is a change of heart and mind. It is a repenting away from what the voices that are talking to you now and saying, God, your voice is the only one that matters. I want to hear you. That's what it means repent, to consecrate your life to God. So you saw the praise team up here, right? And I don't have them, but they have these in-ear monitors. They're like wireless little monitors, you know. Where's Joe? Joe, every, every practice is just crazy, right? I mean, luckily we figured out we've got a phone app now that they can control what they hear in their ears. You can't hear it, but they hear it. And every track, every instrument, it's on its own track. And they can turn the guitars up and the piano down. Right? And they can turn certain things up and down in their ears and so that they can hear what they want to hear. Then they turn themselves up a little bit higher. And unless they're flat that day, then they turn themselves a little lower. Inevitably, before we had these, they would always yell at Joe, Joe, I need you to turn Gary up. I can't hear him. And then Joe would say, why can't you hear him? The music's too loud. And I'd be standing up here, and, I'd, and I understand how they work, and I'd look at him, I'd say, you don't need Gary turned up. You need the other stuff turned down. Oh, so they go and they start turning other things down. Oh, I hear him now. He's there. That's what you got to do in your life. You got to turn it down. You got to turn it off. You got to stop letting your heart be divided and become single minded. I want God to speak to me, and I, Lord, am listening. What do you have to say to me? And then do it. Do it. Gary's going to come and the worship team. What I want you to do this morning for a response <clears throat> is to, one, sing, help us join. But this song is called Make Room. I will make room for you. I want that to be your prayer today. I want you to start to find the things in your mind. Say, God, show me the things that are 
too loud in my life. Show me the things that are more important. Help me to see when my will has become more important than your will. And settle that ownership issue of your life today. Give your life wholly to God. Let your heart not be divided, but let it be single-minded, on fire for God. Let's sing.